serpents and scorpions on a daily. I stand and walk in authority that He gave me. I'm a reflection of God, so watch me be the light. It's time that we show the world that Jesus, Jesus is alive. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Teaching Thursdays. I'm your teacher for the evening, Pastor BJ Piggy. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight. And I pray, I pray, I pray that you guys have had an awesome week. I pray you guys have had an awesome experience of the glory of God this week. I just pray that you've been, um, that in everything that you've done this week, you've been able to recognize the goodness of God. You've been able to recognize the presence of God. You've been able to just see just how good he is and just uh, just remember and realize how ever present he is in our lives and how he's so willing to uh, be with us and never leave us or forsake us. Amen. Um, real quick, before we get into tonight's message, before we get into the uh, announcements, as I was praying a couple of hours ago uh, concerning the, uh, the message tonight, the Lord wanted me to talk to you guys about having joy about life. Now, real quick, I'm not going to get into a deep teaching about joy. I'm going to just simply explain the difference between what joy and happiness is. And a lot of times people get them confused because they think they're the exact same thing and they're not. One thing is based on conditions. The other thing is based on your knowledge, your knowledge and your belief in what the word says or, or what you know. And so basically what I want to let you know is this. When you have joy, it can turn into happiness but happiness can't turn into joy because joy is, I mean, because happiness is based on feelings. Joy, I mean, happiness is based on conditions being good. Let me give you an example. If you just got a promotion, you get happy. If you go and eat something that you like, you feel happy. All of those different things are based on feelings. They're based on conditions. They're based on things happening for you. Joy is something, however, is something that you have, whether conditions are favorable or not, whether conditions are good or not. As a matter of fact, you can have joy in the midst of bad circumstances. You can have joy in the midst of bad situations. And that is what God endeavors for us to have no matter what is going on. Your joy should turn your life into happiness. But I just want you to know that happiness isn't just something uh, you can't base everything on happiness, but you can base it on joy because joy is based on what you know. And as believers, we should be living our lives based on what we know. We should be living our lives based on what God has said to us. We should be living our life based on what the word says. We should be living our life based on what we know of God's character and love that he has already expressed in our lives. And if we live our lives based on that knowledge and if we live our life based on that experiential knowledge, then we can have happiness more oftentimes than not. Because the sad situations, the bad situations will turn into happiness because joy will begin to overtake the bad situation and turn it around for our good. That's why the Bible says that uh, even though weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy is that thing that turns situations around. Joy is the thing that gets your situation to turn from bad to good. Joy is the thing that changes how you feel about a situation to end up having that situation turn out for your uh, for your benefit and for your good. 
And so basically what I want us to focus on today and what I want us to focus on throughout this entire uh, what I've been trying to uh, help people uh, focus on throughout this entire series is to focus on freedom. Yeah, you may feel like you're being shackled in this area. Yeah, you may feel like you haven't broken free in this area, whether that's financially, mentally, uh, uh, you know, socially, whatever the situation may be, health-wise, you may feel like you're shackled. You may like feel like you may feel like you're bound to those situations. But watch this: when you have joy concerning the situation, and what is joy? in the midst of a, a situation where you're feeling sick? What is the, what is joy in the midst of uh, you having your bills needing to be paid? What is joy? Joy is you turning to the inside and looking at God and looking at what the word says and allowing that to determine your feelings rather than you looking at that situation and allow that situation to determine how you're going to respond and how you're going to act. Joy is the thing that allows you to stick with the word of God and it helps you pull from the word of God so that you can change your situation around. Amen. So don't, so don't think that joy and happiness are both the same things. They're not. Happiness is based on conditions. Happiness is based on feelings, but joy is based on what is certain. Joy is based on what the word says. Joy is based on the love of God. All of those things are founded in God. Joy is founded in God. And if you stick with joy, it can turn into happiness. But if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling uh, worried, if you're if you're uh, feeling down and out, joy can turn all of those different feelings into success, uh, into success, feelings of happiness, feelings of overcoming. All of those different feelings can be turned around if we keep our joy. And the Bible says if we hold on to joy long enough at the end of it, we won't be uh, we'll have what the word says rather than what the situation is trying to dictate and tell us. Amen. And so uh, I'm not going to teach on I'm not going to go to scriptures and all that other kind of stuff, but I just want to encourage you in that. I want to encourage you in the truth that stick with joy. And if you stick with joy and what the word says, allow that to affect your life rather than your life affecting. I mean, rather than what you see in your life and what you've experienced in your life affect how you're going to look at God and look at how the word is supposed to be operative in your life. Amen. Amen. So and be encouraged by that. Stick with joy. Allow joy to reign. Allow joy to overflow in your life and watch your situation situation. Excuse me. Turn around for the better. Amen. Watch your situations turn around for the better. Amen. So let's get into some announcements real quick. Thank y'all for showing up tonight. Thank y'all for coming. Thank, thank, thank you for everybody that's coming on live. Thank you for everybody that's coming on the replays. Listen, this is a ministry teaching you to walk in the power of God and experience the God kind of life daily. Listen, we just did that. Joy is something that you can uh, apply on a daily basis. As a matter of fact, joy is something that you can apply on a moment by moment basis, because watch this. Those sad feelings try to come all the time. Those uh, terrible uh, uh, situations try to go before you all the time. They try to always speak louder than what the word says, because I can guarantee you, because I've had I've had those times when bills come in, when you know you got things that you got to pay and stuff like that. They'll start speaking louder if you allow them to than what the word has promised you. And so we have to begin to allow what the word says, overcome those those things in the world and overcome those situations that we may be facing so that the word can turn that situation around. Amen. So thank y'all so much for coming, whether you're watching this live, whether you're watching this on the replay. We are so appreciate y'all from the bottom of our hearts because if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And we just appreciate you guys showing up on a weekly basis. Y'all sharing the broadcast, y'all sharing it with family, y'all sharing it with friends, y'all sharing how it's been a blessing to you. So we just thank y'all so much for being a part of this ministry. And we thank y'all so much for doing so. That's number one. Number two, 
when the word is good to you, go ahead and engage tonight. Uh, if you haven't shared this with your family and with your friends as of right now, go ahead and do it. If you're on Facebook, if you're watching this on YouTube, share the YouTube link uh, with your family and your friends. Say, hey, man, y'all may want to check this out because tonight we're going to be talking about we're going to be recapping everything that we, well, we're going to do a little bit of an overview of everything that we've talked about in this series so that uh, as we go through the overview, some of the things that we point out, they may be able to go back to an individual message that may bless their life and get some change going on in their life. So this is probably a, a very important message uh, for your friends or your family or whoever you think would be beneficial to to come on in and listen to for about an hour so that they can pinpoint uh, some things that may be beneficial to them in their life and they can go actually listen to that whole message in its entirety. And I'm going to give some new, uh, I believe the Lord's going to speak some new revelation on some of those things, but uh, you'll be able to go back and listen to the entire message throughout the previous weeks to get the full uh, understanding of what we were sharing that week. So engage, 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 share the broadcast, hit the heart button, hit the like button, hit the care button. Even if you don't, uh, even if you disagree, you can hit the dislike button. You can even hit the mad uh, emoji if you feel like that's just how you feel. But listen here, I want us to all come together in agreement of the word of God. Listen, it's okay to have a disagreement, but it's but but what we all should endeavor to do is uh, come at each other with love. We should all endeavor to come uh, to the point where we desire peace, where we desire understanding, and not just try to override what somebody else is trying to say. But listen. I just want you all to engage because because even if you're engaging, you're seeking understanding sometimes. And sometimes people are just out here to just do uh, to, to just do crazy things. But if you're out here really trying to understand whether you agree or not, we, we encourage that dialogue. We encourage you uh, to seek understanding because we're all growing. We're all becoming and we're all trying to do everything that God has called us to do. So, again, just engage and we're all up in the same place if we all continue to seek God first and allow him to lead our lives. Amen. Number three, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube page or our podcast, listen, if you like getting podcasts, we have a podcast that goes out every Monday at 6 a.m. So go ahead and uh, subscribe uh, wherever podcasts are uh, made available. Apple, Google, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, just to name a few. We're on Amazon. We're everywhere. So uh, if you guys uh, like getting podcasts, go ahead and subscribe to BJ Piggy Ministries where podcasts are uh, given is free. You don't have to pay for anything. And so uh, download it if that's how you would like to get the messages. Amen. And subscribe to our YouTube page. Amen. Next thing, if you guys would like daily encouragement, if you would like to receive a daily encouragement email from the ministry, listen, we get responses from the daily encouragements every single week. They're blessing people's lives. And if you just want to get in on that email, because I know for me, <laughs> because my email is, is basically everywhere. I have several emails actually, but because my email is everywhere, I wake up every morning and go through emails. I get them every single day. And some of them I keep and some of them I delete. And so uh, the ones that I keep are important to me. And the ones that I delete, I go ahead and toss them to the side because sometimes they're spam and sometimes they're people trying to sell me something. But we're not trying to sell you anything. All we're trying to do is give you an encouraging word that can help you get throughout the day. Amen. And so if you would like to be a part of that email group, like to be a part of that email community, direct message us on any social media platform and, and send us your email and say, hey, I like to be a part of the daily encouragement community. I like to get the daily encouragement emails because I'm telling you, BJ, I really need to be encouraged every single day. Uh, so we would love to add you to that email. We'll add, we, we would love to add you 
uh, to their community. So just let us know uh, if you would like to be a part of it. And lastly, uh, I haven't gone over this uh, in, a, in a good while or emphasized it really, but really, y'all, if y'all would like to become a partner with this ministry, because some of y'all are, some of y'all be asking <laughs> something like, what does it really mean to be a partner of the ministry? Listen, we don't have a physical church at the moment. And so we don't have anything that we're out here where you can physically come to all the time. And so, listen, if you guys would like to be a virtual partner, a virtual partner is simply this. BJ, I support what God has placed in your heart to do. That's basically what you're saying. I support what God has put in your heart to do, whether that's feed people, whether that's doing the holiday fund, providing uh, meals to people during the holidays, whether that's uh, paying people's rent, whether that's paying people's utilities, whether that's giving people groceries, whatever it may be. We do that stuff on a monthly basis, y'all. We really do. We really do this stuff on a monthly basis. And so if you would like to partner with us financially and prayerfully, that's what being a partner is. And also, if God speaks to you on how you can help enhance this ministry, listen, we can't do everything ourselves. You may get an idea that you think can be a benefit to the ministry being a partner, and we can implement those things to make the ministry uh, be more effective to more people in the community. Maybe we need to do a food drive. Maybe we need to do a back to school event. Maybe we need to do something. But that's what a partner does. And so what's your responsibility in being a partner? Because in partnership, there's two sides. There's our part and then there's your part. Your part is to pray for the ministry. Your, your part is to financially support the ministry. And your part is to also prayerfully ask God how you can assist the ministry in doing anything. Okay, whether that's helping with these broadcasts, you know, uh, th there's work that goes on behind the scenes with these broadcasts. If that's what you feel God has called you to do, then, then let us know that and then we'll <clears throat> we'll allow you to come in and assist. But being a partner, that's what it means. And our job is to pray for you daily. Our job is to teach you what God gives us concerning what the word says. And lastly, being a partner is us giving you every available resource to help you live the life that God has called you to be, whether that's uh, connecting you with somebody, whether that's uh, giving you uh, advice, whether that is uh, uh, giving connecting you. When I say connecting, let's just say you may have a therapeutic need where you need to go see a therapist. Well, we have people that we know that are therapists that you may not know personally. If you connect with the ministry, you'll have access to those kinds of things. You'll have access to the knowledge that God gives us on how we run our lives and how we are successful with our lives. And so all of those different things, all of those things you have access to when you become a partner. And so, uh, and it's not that we're trying to keep people out, but we just, but we're basically saying that when you become a partner, you have, you have access to those things, whereas you may not feel like you have access to it if you're not a partner. And so becoming a partner uh, is very, very important. It's just like you becoming a member of a church. It's just like you becoming a, men, uh, a partner of a ministry that you never, ever attend, but you may see them on TV or you may see them online or whatever. You support them because mainly what you're getting from that ministry is the instruction and the word that comes forth from the ministry. And that's what's most important. <clears throat> you're able to get revelation. You're able to get understanding. You're able to get things that change your life. And that are thing, and that is things that will cause you to become a partner. Because like I told you before, you can be a member, you can have a pastor, but that doesn't mean you can't partner with this ministry. Listen, this may be your home ministry. Whatever God has called you to, go ahead and connect with that. Uh, because like I told y'all before, I'm, I'm a partner of several ministries. And I love getting word from a couple of different ministries. And so you don't just have to stick with one because everybody is called 
to do different things. But watch this. Once we all do our different things, they can all come together as one because we're all one body. Listen, I'm called to do things that the church down the street is called is, is different. I'm called to do things that the church down the street is not necessarily called to do. They may have a calling to do one thing. We have a calling to do another thing. But when we both do our callings, we both benefit the body as a whole. The Bible says it like this. What, uh, you know, say to the arm, what can the arm say to the leg? You have to work in conjunction if they're going to be a full body. Amen. And that's why we don't separate, but we're called to different ministries because God has put in different callings and anointings on our lives. Amen. So if you would like to become a partner, let us know that. Email us, direct message us, and we will get that information out to you guys. Amen. Thank you all so much for going through those announcements. Now, let us begin the recap of the series. Amen. Let's begin the recap of the series. And I'm going to pray and, uh, and then we're going to get into it. Amen. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you for everybody that's on the live now. We thank you for everybody that's going to get on the live later on a replay. And Father, we just thank you that you've breathed on this message of freedom. We thank you that you're breathing on it tonight. We thank you that the revelator is here and we thank you that you will speak behind the words that are spoken so that there can be absolute freedom showing up in people's lives in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. All right. So as y'all can see, this is the end, uh, or as you can see in the uh, title, we are recapping the Freedom Series, and we've been on this series for since the beginning of May. Yeah, so about two, yeah, right at two months now, right at two months. And so um, we've gone over a lot of information. We've gone over a lot of revelation uh, that I believe has been a blessing to several people. Uh, last week was uh, and I guess because also because it's fresh on my mind and on my thoughts right now, because several people have messaged me throughout this past week about how last week's message was really was really beneficial to them. And uh, they really, really, really enjoyed it. And so uh, but I've gotten that every week after every message. And so uh, I just pray that at least one message or you at least got one thing out of this entire series that lets you know that God desires for you to be free and that uh, freedom is his idea. And that freedom is something that you should be endeavoring to do on a daily basis. Freedom is something that we should be consistently pursuing because whether we know it or not, there are still things in our life that need to be broken off of our life. Even though Christ has made us free and hear me, hear me good. Even though Christ has made us free, naturally, there are some things that we have to make decisions to walk in if we're going to manifest the freedom that God has already placed on the inside of us and that Jesus has already set us free from. Listen, Jesus can set you free from uh, any kind of addiction, but if you don't set up boundaries, if you don't make different kinds of decisions, watch this, you'll find yourself being back addicted to the same, same things that Jesus delivered you from, whatever those addictions may be. And so you have to look at it from the aspect of what Jesus has already done, but you also have to look at it from the aspect of the things that you have to continue to do in order to stay free. And we looked at that throughout the entire series. We looked at scriptures concerning it. We looked at how Jesus has set us free. But then we also saw scriptures that said, you know what, if we continue in this and if we stick with freedom, then and only then will we be his disciples and then we will be made free. So we have to look at it from both perspectives. We can't just be all on one side and be like, God going to do everything and not understand our part to cooperate with what God has already done so that we can be absolutely, absolutely, totally free. Because there is one thing that you can be. You can be free spiritually and you can be bound 
uh, naturally. Listen, Jesus has set us free from all kinds of stuff. He set us free from sickness. He set us free from the curse. He set us free from poverty. But how many of y'all know there are believers who still operate in poverty? There are still believers that still have sickness on their life. There are still believers that have these different things operative in their lives. And it's not always because uh, the enemy has them bound. Sometimes it can be just based on the decisions that we make. And so we have to look at it from both sides, but we have to really draw from what Jesus did in, in order to be empowered to make the decisions and do what we need to do naturally. So it all works together. You can't just do one without the other. You can't just have willpower on one end and negate the power of God. And you can't just have the power of God and not make proper decisions. It'll all be out of whack and it won't be complete and it won't be total. So let's look at a couple of things. Uh, that we talked about over these last uh, several weeks. Number one, we talked about freedom comes from Christ. In week number one, we really hit that. We really hit about how freedom comes from Christ. And we really talked about how you can't have true freedom if it didn't come from Christ. And the reason why we really wanted to lay that foundation concerning Christ being the one giving us freedom is because a lot of times people think they're operating in freedom and they're not really free. You can't get freedom unless the person that originated freedom gives it to you. Or otherwise, you would think you are free and you're not really free. Let me explain that a little bit more. So a lot of times, and, and we really talked about that last week when we talked about the yoke of bondage. Uh, and when we looked at the yokes of bondage, we looked at what the yoke actually does. If we don't identify yokes in our life, and we'll get to that part a little bit later, if we don't identify the yokes in our lives, We'll be we'll be the ones being dominated and controlled because yokes are designed to not have us in control. Yokes are designed. There are wooden uh, there are wooden pieces that are put on domesticated animals to allow them to be controlled and go in the direction that the that the controller wants them to go. And the controller, when you operate in yokes of bondage, is the enemy. The controller, when you operate in yokes of bondage, is the enemy. So if you if you don't pay attention to the yokes, you will think that you're running your life. You'll think you'll be controlling your life when in reality you're being controlled by the evil one and not even knowing it. Because a lot of times people don't even think they're being controlled and they really are because they're not paying attention to the yokes. And so what I want to let you know is this. When, when we talk about freedom coming from Christ, if you're not if you're not following what he's telling you to do, ultimately, you'll find yourself being controlled by the kingdom of darkness. You'll find yourself being controlled by the enemy. You'll find yourself being under the uh, influence of what the enemy wants to do in your life. Amen. And so you have to start with the foundation of Christ first if you ever want to be free. You have to start with the foundation of Christ first if you ever want to be totally free. Listen, you can try. I mean, and I gave this example, I think one of the uh, in, in week one. And this information came from week one uh, when we talked about freedom in Christ. This is week one and week two was freedom in Christ, part one and part two. And uh, we really talked about how if you don't have the right foundation, when you start off, ultimately, that thing is going to fall and that thing is going to crumble. If you don't have any, if you don't have your foundation founded on Christ, then you have no other choice but to fall. You have no other choice but to crumble because the only firm foundation that you can have in this life is Christ. The only firm foundation that you can have in this life is Christ. And no, I'm not talking about, and I'm going to get, I'm going to get a little, um, I, 
I won't say petty, but I'm not talking about a white man's God. I'm not talking about uh, the church fan, uh, Jesus, that people that put, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the living embodiment of God himself, which is Jesus Christ. And a lot of times we get stuck on all of these crazy things, whether he was black, whether he was white. I've told people for years, I don't care if he was Chinese. I don't care if he was Indian. That doesn't change the truth of what he did for me. Now, there's some things that we can find out find out about who he really is. Yeah, that's true. But will that is that going to matter in the, in the end game? Is that going to matter at the end of the day? <clears throat> yeah, you can find out that, that he was bronze and that he that he, that, he, that he was black. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But is that going to change the fact that he died for everybody? No, that's not going to change the fact that he died for everybody. Whether whether you are in, you know, whatever race or nationality you are, that doesn't change that. It doesn't change that. So let's not get caught up in all of those different weird things. And let's just focus on the power of Christ and who he really is and him being the true and living savior. And let that be the foundation by which we build our freedom on. Let that be the foundation, because a lot of times you get people caught up saying whether he was this or that, and then they'll find themselves crumbling because they they begin to argue over stuff that doesn't make it that doesn't matter at the end of the day. Let's not get caught up in that. Let's just stick with Christ. Let's just stick with Jesus. Let's just stick with and and here we go. You know, his name wasn't really Jesus. Okay, his name was Yahweh. His name was Yeshua. Okay, yes. So, and I understand the importance of understanding his name, but again, a lot of times people can get extreme on this end and miss the entire point altogether. Keep it simple. You know, in, in school, when we were when we were uh, brought up, they used to always say it like this. They used to say, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. Let's, let's not major... Let's not major in the, in the minor stuff. Let us, let us major in the stuff that's important. Let's major in the stuff that's important. And that is, did Jesus come and die? If he came and did that, okay. That's where we're going to lay our head. All the rest of that stuff, we can figure that out when we get to glory. You will see Jesus there so you can find out what he was really like then. Your foundation for freedom needs to be in Christ. I know I went off on a little bit of a rant, but that's, but that's, but that's where we want to hang our head. Freedom comes from Christ. Okay. Next thing, freedom was God's idea. Freedom was God's idea, okay? Freedom wasn't your idea. You didn't come up with freedom. You didn't come up with this idea that you need to be free from this or that. Freedom was God's idea. So since it was his idea, we need to find out from him. Mm -hmm. We need to find out from him on how we need to walk in freedom. We need to find out from him how we can walk in freedom. I can, I can see about it. Um, <laughs> so uh, we need to find out from him how we can walk in freedom. So if it's not our idea and it's God's idea, we need to stick with him. If he gives us instruction on how to get out of something, then we need to follow his instruction in order to get out of it. And if he says that he's the foundation for freedom, if he's the one that led captivity captive, if he's the one that says that we need to stick with him and then and only then can we be free, I need to stick with the originator of freedom. And the really important thing that we need to understand is we didn't come up with that idea. God came up with that idea. So we can manufacture different ways on how people can be free. We can't come up with our own idea for us to be free. Now, I'm not going to get into all the specifics of all of that kind of stuff. I'm just going to stick with this right now. We can't come up with our own ideas and say that those are freedom or we're in freedom if it didn't come from God. Amen. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Freedom was God's idea. 
Freedom was God's idea, not man's idea, not your idea, not your friend's idea. So anything that your friends come up with that doesn't line up with God, it doesn't line up with freedom. Amen. It does not line up with freedom. And we talked about that in week one. We talked about that in, in uh, week one. So uh, so if you guys want to um, so if you guys want to go back and, and look at the entirety of that message, listen to that. And I encourage you guys to do that. I really, really do. I encourage you to go back and listen to this series because I believe there were some real key nuggets that we've shared. And I'm, and I'm trying to go over some of those, but, but some of them I know I missed. But there are some real key nuggets in this series that were shared that I believe can absolutely change your life. So number one, freedom comes from Christ. Number two, freedom was God's idea. Number three, <clears throat> we needed to be rescued and only Christ can rescue us. Now, this is this is going on with number one also, but I need us to understand <clears throat> because there's a group of people or there's there's people that have this thought process that think that they can do everything outside of Christ or they can do everything outside of God. Listen, if we didn't need to be rescued, we wouldn't have need to be we wouldn't need to have a we wouldn't have been captive or we wouldn't have been bound. Jesus led captivity captive or he led the captives free or the people that were bound when he died. He led those people from captivity to freedom. And so we really went in depth about understanding. And one of the scriptures talked about how he rescued us. And we talked about how when you're needing to be rescued, obviously you're in dire, you're in a dire situation. So in other words, you need to understand that if Jesus Christ came to rescue me, my previous state was a dire situation. So if I'm without Christ and I'm without the one who came to rescue me, then I need to understand my current state and my current position is dire. I'm in a dying position. Oh. Okay. So I need to understand that I'm in a dying position. I'm in a dying position. And so with Christ and us being rescued, if we were in an okay position before he came along, we wouldn't have needed him to come and free us if we were okay. The Bible says it like this. He says we were slaves before. But because Christ came and freed us, we are no longer slaves or bound to the things of the enemy. We're no longer controlled. I know a lot of y'all know what being a slave means. When you're a slave to something, you are controlled. When you're a slave, you're under somebody else's dominion. And when you're a slave, you need to understand that you're under the dominion and you're under the control of the enemy. And that is why Jesus came to rescue you and to get you out of that captivity so you can be put into his kingdom and operate in true freedom. True freedom comes with a choice. In the kingdom of darkness and in the kingdom of, of, of the evil one, you don't have a choice. He wants to control everything that you're doing. In the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of God, God wants you to choose and he wants you to choose to submit to him. That is what true freedom looks like. And we went through that in great detail in week number two. Let me give you this next statement. In order to truly be free, we must stick with Christ and then we will be free. What does that statement come from? It comes from John 8, 31 and 32. It comes from us, that scripture where we hear it all the time, especially in church, where people say verse 32, where they say, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. 
But you have to read that scripture in context. And that's sometimes what we do and what we miss sometimes. And me included, us being preachers and ministers, when we start preaching stuff, we have to make sure we preach stuff in context. Because if you just give people verse 32, you would you would think that all you have to do is know truth. Because the scripture says, and you will know the truth, and that truth that you know will make you free. But if you read verse 31, that scripture also says that if you continue in this truth, if you continue, and then are you his disciples indeed, or you continue in the truth, what does that mean? You have to know the truth and you have to continue in it. And if you don't continue in it, then you can't be made free. So when you put those two scriptures together, you can't just know the truth. You have to know it and you have to continue in it. Let me give you a true example. And a lot of y'all can relate to this. You can know how you need to work out all day long. You can know that you need to get out there and walk. You can know that you get, need to get out there and run. But until your knowing turns into some actual action, you won't see any results from the things that you know. You can know where you should be investing in. You, you can know that you need to apply to that job. But how many of y'all know your knowing doesn't get you the promotion that you so, uh, that you, uh, so desire? Until you apply or put some work behind that knowing and apply for that job, you won't ever put yourself in position to be promoted. Y'all follow me? Or until you actually take what you know and put some action steps behind it and start walking, start running, start eating properly, you won't see any manifestation of the things that you supposedly know. And so that's what the scripture is trying to get us to understand. Yeah, you can know the truth all day long, but until you continue in it, you won't actually be made free. Does that make sense? You won't actually be made free unless you continue in the truth that you know. Amen. So in order to be truly free, we must stick with Christ and then and only then will you be free. That was in week number two. Week number three, we talked about this. It is our responsibility to not be entangled, enticed, or return to the slavery, control, or dominion we were freed from. I'm going to say that one more time. It is our responsibility to not be entangled, enticed, or return to the slavery, control, and dominion we were freed from. It is our responsibility. It is not God's responsibility. It's not your friend's responsibility. It's not your mother's, your father's, your sister's, your brother's responsibility, your cousins, your aunties, your uncles. It's nobody, your pastor even, your mentor. I don't care who it is. It's nobody else's responsibility for you to be entangled again except yourself. It is up to you to not be entangled again to the slavery and the control and the dominion that you were freed from. How do I know? Galatians 5 and 1 says this. It says, stand therefore in the freedom that Christ has given you. Stand therefore in that freedom and do not return to the bondage of the slavery that you were freed from. One version actually says in the New King James, do not entangle yourself again with those yokes of bondage. That's where last week's message came from. Do not entangle yourself or get caught up again in those jokes of bondage. Why would you return to something that you've been free from? That's just like somebody who's been walking in financial freedom all of their life and making a decision to become poor to try to prove a point. You don't have to become poor to, pr to prove a point. You can prove your point living in the freedom and the, and the uh, abundance that God has already given you. Amen. You don't have to. It, and it's almost and, and it's just like that, too. When people take vows of poverty, 
you know, they take vows of poverty to prove that you don't need money to live in the world, that you don't need money to be successful. And yes, we understand that you don't need money to have happiness. You don't need money, but money is a tool that can be used to be a benefit to the kingdom. So we're not saying money is the end all be all, but money can be used to be a benefit. So just because you take a vow of poverty doesn't mean that you're totally living for the kingdom or that you're totally living the way God wants you to live. Listen, God wants you to have it all. He wants you to have a complete whole life because what good is it for you to have a billion dollars, but you're dying on your deathbed? It means nothing. What good, is it, what good is it for you to have all the health in the world, but not have any money and be a benefit to nobody else walking around? God wants you to have a whole life. And in week three, we talked about how it is our responsibility to not be entangled with the slavery and the bondage mentality that, that God so uh, freed us from. And so it is our responsibility that we don't fall into that. Listen, that's why I told us earlier, it is, you, have to fall, you have to fall in the area of balance. You can't just be all God going to do everything. And you also can't be like, well, I'm just going to do this without God. You have to cooperate with God and do your part, because if you don't do what he's already encouraged you and instructed you to do, you won't manifest the things that are supposed to be manifested in your life. And freedom is that exact thing. He's not telling you to not lie so that you can. Uh, I mean, he's not telling you not to do certain things to keep your fun away. He's not telling you not to do certain stuff so that uh, so that you won't have any benefits in your life. He's trying to keep you from those jokes because he knows that if you get entangled with those jokes, you won't be the one controlled and you will think you will be in control. But the enemy will actually be the one controlling your life. Don't get entangled again with the yokes of bondage or the slavery mentality or the control or the dominion that you were freed from. Christ freed you from that. So why return back to it? Y'all hear me? Christ freed you from it. So why return back to it? It's just like, you, you know, um, <laughs> you know, if the, the Bible says it like this. Why, um, you know, why return, you know, ah, where's that actual scripture about returning to the vomit? Why would you why would you be free from something or why would you taste of the goodness? Why why would you taste and see that the Lord is good and then turn around and throw it up and say, I don't want to be a part of it anymore? <clears throat> You've tasted the best, but then you want to turn around and throw it away. That's the enemy enticing you to go back to the old way of doing. That's the enemy trying to entice you to get back into that bondage. Don't allow that to be the case. That is your responsibility to do so. Amen. We talked about that in week three. Week number four, let's keep moving. Week number four, we talked about this. We talked about how Jesus took care of sin once and for all time. So we shouldn't allow the so we shouldn't allow sin's grip to keep us from total freedom. Now let me now let me just slow down and explain this a little bit. Jesus took care of sin once and for all time. The scripture says it in Hebrews, I believe it's Hebrews 9 and 7. Once for all time, he took care of sin. When he died on the cross, he took care of all of your sins, past, present, and future. Sometimes when you say that, people are like, oh man, you mean to tell me Christ went ahead of us and took care of all the sins that we've already did? Yeah, you know he did because he took care of it in the past. He had to take care of our sin, of the sins in the future because we're right now in the future. He's in the past. So he had to go in front of us to take care of that sin. 
So he took care of our past sins. He took care of our present sin and he took care of our future. He's already taken care of that. So we shouldn't. So because he's already conquered that and because he's already been given the power over that sin, we shouldn't allow that sin's grip to keep us from freedom. Now, I didn't talk about this in week four. I really I really got into the different sins and all that kind of stuff with the yokes of bondage in week number seven. But listen here, <laughs> listen here, because he has once and for all times freed you and destroyed, as a matter of fact, the scripture says he destroyed sin. He destroyed it to where it's not even an issue anymore. The only reason why it's an issue is because we take our responsibility and we yield ourselves to it and it becomes an issue in our own lives. It's not supposed to be an issue for us because he's already equipped us as believers to overcome those issues and those problems. Listen, before Jesus came on the scene, we didn't have any authority over sin. We didn't have any authority over doing wrong. We didn't have any authority to do right. That's why we had to always once every year put a sacrifice up to cover the sins that we had. Now, I'm getting in a little bit into the Old Testament, but this is how you have to understand it. This is why you have to understand the power behind Jesus's sacrifice. Last in the Old Testament, when they used to cover their sins once for they, they have to always do it once every year. But because Jesus's sacrifice was so powerful, he took away sacrificing for a whole year. He took away all of the sacrifices and put it all on him. That is why Jesus is so powerful. That's why Jesus is our champion. That's why when we look at him and look at our freedom, we have to look at everything that he went through and applaud him for what he did and not take it for granted and not count it um, and not take it. And not take it lightly what he did and understand that when he went to the cross and he came and got us from our dire situations and gave us freedom, he didn't just do that easily. And you see that in the in, in the uh, Gospels or you see that in the in the records where Jesus, when he went before he went to die on the cross, he started bleeding. He started uh, sweating blood. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus knew the things that he was getting ready to go into. He actually went through it so much that we could that they couldn't even recognize who he was. Every sin. And I, and I, and I taught this before around Easter. I think I did it last year and this year. Uh, he went through a whole bunch so much that his visions, according to Isaiah, that his visions were so marred that he couldn't even you couldn't even tell who he was. That was because every sin that everybody had ever done, everything was on him all at one time. And it had to be put on him so it can be sacrificed so that he can overcome it so that we can have the victory today. And I'm not going to preach on that, but that's a preaching point right there. That's something that you should be absolutely happy about. That's something you should be joyful about because he took care of that once and for all time. How do you know he took care of it once and for all time? Because when he got up to heaven after he did what he did, he sat down. He rested from his work. He's not going to come back and sacrifice himself again because he took care of it once and for all time. So since he took care of it once and for all time, your freedom is guaranteed. You shouldn't allow the little things to trip you up to keep you from your freedom. I need an amen corner over there. You shouldn't have you shouldn't have the little things trip you up because of the sacrifice that he went through over 2000 years ago. The little things that we find ourselves chipping ourselves up over now, he has complete and total victory over. And he gave you the authority to overcome it so it wouldn't be a yoke on your life so you can walk in total freedom, glory to God. 
you have authority and power and dominion on the inside of you, use it. Use it. And you simply use it by obeying what he's telling you, what he tells you to do. And so that's an aspect of freedom that you really need to understand. He took care of sin once and for all time. So sin shouldn't be an issue in your life anymore. It shouldn't be trying to control your life. You shouldn't have an issue trying to stop lying. You shouldn't be perpetually lying. You shouldn't be perpetually finding yourself in the different yokes because you have authority over those things. And you have authority based on the word that God gives you to get out of those situations. And how do I know God gives you a word to get out of those situations? Because he says he always gives you a way of escape. He says he always gives you a way of, a a way of escape, which means I'm not going to remain stuck. I don't have to remain in this same cycle of negative strongholds in my life. I don't have to remain there. Why? Because he's given power and he's on the inside of me to overcome all of that negativity. Amen. If you agree with that, say amen. Agree with that, say amen. That was week number four, man. And, and again, I'm just giving y'all overviews of the stuff that we've talked about over these last several weeks. Man, we are in week number eight, I believe, right now. We're in week number eight of this Freedom Series. And I pray that you hearing this now will encourage you to go back and get some more revelation from the things that we talked about over these last several weeks so that you can gain more freedom, so that you can experience more freedom, so that you can walk in total freedom, not just be spiritually free, but be mentally and physically free at the same time. Amen. Glory to God. That was in week number four, week number five through seven, week number five through seven. We went through the steps of freedom. Y'all remember this? Y'all remember the steps of freedom? Weeks five through seven, we went through the steps of freedom and there were five steps of freedom. There they go right there. Glory to God. Number one, you must be born again. Number one, you must be born again. Now, I encourage you to go and listen to Steps of Freedom. We went through this one step in its entirety in that message. We went through just we went through just that one step in its entirety in that one message. And we really dove into and dug into the reality of having a relationship with God and not being caught up in religious practices. Now, I didn't go through this I didn't and I remember when we was walking, I remember telling Lindsay that I didn't go over the scripture where, because uh, I know I talked a lot about religious uh, traditions and I know I talked a lot about not being caught up in religious practices, uh, getting caught up in uh, things that, that that God didn't necessarily tell you to do. And, and basically uh, it, it could have alluded to um, you not believing that you should go to church or that you should actually even have a tradition. But the reality of it is God is not opposed to you having traditions. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that Jesus went to the temple as it was his custom. That's the scripture that I didn't get to that I wanted to get to. The scripture says that Jesus went to the temple or in other words, Jesus went to church as it was his custom or his tradition or something that he did regularly. OK, so it's nothing wrong with having traditions. The issue is when that tradition begins to have you. Let me tell you what I, what I mean by that. It's nothing wrong with going to church. At all, but it's an issue when God tells you to now. That's just, I mean, and I get if you're working at a church, but let's just say the week you don't work at church and you're not and you don't have to be there and you feel like you just have to go because you just always go. 
What if God tells you that morning, I don't want you to go to church. I want you to go. Uh, I want you to go to this uh, restaurant. I want you to go to this grocery store. God, there may be people that need food or may need money or may have some needs that need to be met. And you need to tell you need to be king to Holy Spirit to do that and not just be tied to a tradition because that's something that you just always do. Because the power is in what God tells you to do, not in what you consistently do that you think you should be doing. If God wants to call an audible, let him call an audible. It's just like if you go to a church that is consistently teaching, which we don't mind doing because we're teaching ministry here. But let's just say you get to church one Sunday and the pastor doesn't teach. He doesn't preach. He just goes and prays for people. God called an audible because there was freedom and healing that needed to take place that day. But some people get all upset. Well, where are the teaching at? The teaching was in the power and the thing that the, the, the thing that you just experienced. And so I just want us to really not get caught up in tradition and religion and religious practices. Let us focus on relationship so that we can live the life that God desires for us to live. Does that make sense to everybody? And so when we talk about being born again, we're not talking about you being a member of somebody's church. We're not just talking about you being a member of this denomination. We're talking about you saying Christ is my Lord and my Savior. We're talking about Christ is my Lord and my Savior. He didn't just save me, but he's actually my Lord. And because he's my Lord, I follow his instructions. And that's another thing that I don't think I really talked about. I'm going to give you some revelation on, and you may have heard it before. A lot of people have Jesus as their savior, and they believe in him as somebody that will help them, help them get out of a dire situation, but they don't always adhere to him as him being Lord. And him being Lord means he has complete control or complete authority in your life to tell you to do everything that you need to do. A lot of us don't want to submit to it. A lot of us want to submit to him as savior, but we don't want to submit to him as Lord, because as soon as he starts telling us stuff that we need to do, we start disregarding him. But then when we disregard him and find ourselves in a dire situation, now we want to call on the savior. I know I know y'all don't like I know some people don't like hearing that. But if he was your savior and your Lord, you won't always have to keep being saved. You won't always have to keep coming out of situations and. And having uh, God pull you out of them. Now, he loved you so much that he will put you out of them. But why do you always have to end up in those situations? Why do you always have to find yourself needing to be rescued? God wants to be your Lord. He wants to lead and guide your life into the in, into your wealthy place. He wants to lead and guide your life into a life of abundance, into the life that his kingdom wants to freely give you. So number one, you must be born again. That was uh, week number five. Week number six, we went over the second one. You must renew your mind. You must renew your mind. Listen, there, there are there are, there are a lot of things that, and, and and this goes back to what we talked about earlier, when we talked about um, when when it comes to renewing your mind, when it comes to you, your body only does what your mind tells it. And so, if you don't renew your mind, you won't find yourself continually doing the things that you need to do. You won't find yourself continuing in the truth that you believe to ultimately achieve total freedom. See, when your mind is renewed and when your mind changes, that's what renewing the mind means. It means to change your mind. It means to change your thinking. It means to conform to what the word says, not your own thoughts and your own ideas and your own opinions. Your opinion should be based on what God said and not what you want. 
because if you have what God says on a situation, you will have the best out of that situation that you can ever have. Okay. And so when you renew your mind, you're renewing your mind to what God desires for you to have in your thinking. And we talked about a lot how uh, in that about how you can control your thoughts and how your and how your and how your thoughts can be set on what the word has to say concerning the situation. We talked about mindset. We talked about uh, we talked about you being able to actually control what goes on here and what you keep up here. We talked about the eye gate, the ear gate, and the mouth gate, and how you are in control of the thoughts that come in and out of there. See, you may not be able to control a bird, you know, dropping droppings on your head, but you can't control how you respond to that. You follow what I'm saying? You may not be able to control what comes in this ear sometimes because you may just be in a situation, but you can't control what remains there. You can't control what you allow to come inside your heart. You can't control what you continuously think upon. And so you renewing your mind is on you. You renewing your mind is based on what, on the effort and the uh, work that you put in. So you can't walk in total freedom unless you renew your mind. Amen. And in week number seven, excuse me, week number, yeah, week number seven. Yeah, week number seven. <clears throat> well, actually, we, yeah, this is week number nine, not week number eight. So in week number seven, we went over the last three steps. And the last three steps, I mean, the last three right there is you must practice obedience or develop godly character. And the other one is you must not allow setbacks or challenges to keep you from pursuing freedom. And number five, you must never stop believing. Okay. Week number seven, we talked about how we talked about these three different steps. You must practice obedience. And in you practicing obedience, it will develop godly character. You must not allow setbacks and challenges to keep you from pursuing freedom. Listen, we all have setbacks. We all have challenges. We all have things that we take L's on. And the reason why we take L's on is because we don't we don't know everything. If we knew the future, we would never take L's. Y'all follow what I'm saying? We would never end up in situations that we're not supposed to be in if we knew the future. But the reality of it is, we live in this world where L's can be where L's can be uh not commonplace, but where L's can happen. But the good thing about an L, if you take one, when I say an L, let me make sure I'm clear. When you take a loss or a challenge or a setback. It doesn't mean that you can't overcome that loss. It doesn't mean that you can't overcome the challenge. It doesn't mean that you can't overcome that setback. You can't be an overcomer if you didn't have anything to overcome. You would already have won. So you having the ability to overcome means you've had a setback. You've had a challenge. You took a loss. Don't allow those losses, setbacks, and challenges keep you from pursuing freedom. Basically, God has given you the power, has given you the power or also empowered you to overcome those things so that you can continue to pursue freedom. But a lot of times what ends up happening is, is because people don't believe they've been equipped to overcome that stuff. They allow the loss to stop them. They, uh, they, they allow the bad deal that didn't go through to stop them from doing what they need to do. They allow the last time that they got sick to not believe for healing again. They believe the last time they didn't get the job that they weren't supposed to get promotion ever again. They allow all of those challenges and setbacks to become their reality rather than focusing on the freedom that they could have if they just allow the overcoming spirit on the inside of them to overcome those challenges and setbacks. You follow what I'm saying? Don't allow the setbacks and challenges to keep you from pursuing freedom. 
Don't allow that to happen. And you and you don't allow that to happen by practicing obedience. I really I started talking about that one without really hitting the obedience and developing godly character. Listen, godly character is over everything, man. Godly character is over everything. And I don't want to overstate that, but I but you really can't overstate having godly character. Godly character is what you do when people aren't looking. And in, and in week number seven, we really hit the hell. I mean, hit the hit the nail on the head when we talked about how the reality of what people go through and what people see in people's lives is life is a result of what they do in their own personal time. I'm able to teach and do all these kinds of things like that or give you understanding on these things of what I do. Not when I'm talking to you guys, but what, what but what I do on my personal time, the time that I spend with God and the time that I spend getting in his word. And so you can tell a lot of what people know and, and, and you can tell what people actually understand when you talk to them, if they spend time with it on their own, when they get to talking. Let me give you that example. I think the example that I gave you guys uh, when I talked about that was the uh, the reality of how Steph Curry shoots. But a lot of people don't want to practice like how Steph Curry practices. You see he, you see the oohs and eyes when he shoots from half court, but you don't see how much practice he gets in. I listened to Steve Curry the other day say Steph shoots 100 jump shots a day, 100 a day. Do you know how many that is? Do you know how do you know how tired your arms would get if you shot 100 shots a day? If any of y'all have ever played basketball, a lot of you get tired. When we used to run at the end of practices, we used to be mad if we got called to shoot the free throws to stop the end of the practice because we knew we weren't going to have the, the energy to shoot the free throws most of the time. So just imagine if you shot if you shot 100 times on a daily basis and did cardio and did weights. That's a lot. That's a lot of practice on a daily basis. So you can tell how great of a shooter he is. When you 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 can tell the work that he put in, excuse me, you can tell the work that he puts in when you see him on the court shooting jumpers. It's the same thing with LeBron. You see LeBron in top physical condition. It's not because LeBron just showed up that way. LeBron works out all the time. He, He works on his nutrition all the time. It's been recorded that he spends like one to two million a year just on his body alone. He spends one to two million dollars a year on taking care of his body on coaches, on nutritionists, on workout, I mean, on trainers, all of that stuff to make sure that his body is in peak physical condition. And that is why he's been able to stay in the league for 20 years. And in year 20, he's still putting up numbers like he did when he was in year five and four. That's because he's invested in what he does on his personal time. So I said all of that just to say, your godly character is what you do when people aren't looking. People know what you do when you show up to the party. They know what you've been working on. They know what you've been doing. They can tell the changes going on in your life because of the stuff that you do when they aren't looking. And character is developed when people aren't looking. So I want us to become people that that take pride, not take pride, but spend time getting in the word when it's not necessary. Getting in the word when, when you're not made to get in the word. You understand what I'm saying? Putting in the work so that when situations show up in your life, you'll be ready to take on the enemy every single time. That's that's developing godly character. And you won't get to freedom unless you practice obedience and develop godly character. Amen. I hope that made sense. So that was number three. Step number three. Step number four. We talked about already. Don't allow setbacks and challenges. Stop you from pursuing freedom. And lastly, never stop believing. Listen, never stop believing in what God has promised you. Never stop believing. And um, 
what God says, man. There is a blessing. There is a power. There is a endorsing of heaven when you don't stop believing what God said, man. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what anybody is saying. When you stand on what he says, regardless of what it looks like, your faith shall surely manifest that word. Your faith will surely manifest that word. So God has promised you freedom. And if it doesn't look like freedom, don't stop believing that you're going to be free in that area. Y'all hear me? Don't stop believing that you won't be, that you will be free in that area because the minute you stop believing, you'll start retreating from the thing that you actually desire. Don't stop believing. Amen. Don't stop believing. That was week four, five through seven when we went through the steps of freedom. And last week, in week number eight, we talked about this identifying yokes. And what I want to say to you guys is identify every yoke that is trying to gain a hold on you and remove it from your life. We're going to do some confessions here in a minute, and I'm going to get y'all up out of here. I want y'all to identify every yoke that is trying to gain a hold in your life and remove it from your life. It's up to you to remove those yokes. Remember, I talked to y'all already about that. And last week, we went through a whole bunch of them. We went through a whole bunch of, of yokes, lying bitterness, anger, just to name a couple. You know what I'm saying? So go back and listen to that message on identifying the yokes of bondage, because if you can identify the yokes of bondage and remove them from your life, the control that the enemy had over your life will be removed and you can now submit yourself to the kingdom of heaven and experience everything the kingdom has to offer. Identify every yoke that is trying to gain a hold on you and remove it from your life. And I want you to remember this when it where yokes are controlled, where, where, where yokes are concerned. Yokes control you. You don't control yokes. So if you lie on purpose, you think that you have control of your lie. But the reality of it is the lie has control over you. Because once you tell a lie, you have to continuously compound on that lie. And you don't know what effect that lie may have on somebody else. You can't control a lie that you tell and how it's going to affect somebody else. But you can't control whether you lie or not. Y'all hear me what I'm saying? See, you can't control how something is going to affect somebody else. Why? Because just for instance, if you punch somebody, if you punch somebody, you got control on whether or not you punch somebody. You don't have any control on how somebody's body is going to respond to that punch. It's up to that individual and how much, you know, I'm not going to get too scientific. It's up to how many, you know, the effect of blood cells and all that other kind of stuff, whether they're going to bump up, whether they're going to bruise, all that kind of stuff. You don't have control over how somebody responds or how somebody is affected by the stuff that you do. But you do have control over whether or not you do that or not and whether you should or you should not do that. So you identifying the yokes is not just for your benefit to be controlled, but also for the benefit of somebody else, because you don't want somebody else to be controlled or be affected by the stupidity and the yokes that you do. Listen, you, you, I'm going to go there. You can't control how somebody else is affected by the stuff that you do, but you can be, but you can control the stuff that you do. So somebody else won't be affected. And remember, yokes don't control you. I mean, yokes control you. You don't control yokes. So that's why you need to remove them out of your life. 
<clears throat> they must be removed forever. You can't just play around with yokes. You can't just keep playing with fire or ultimately you're going to get burned. A lot of people do that <laughs> and wonder why they end up being burned because they thought they had a control over this thing, but somebody else actually had control. And I know a lot of y'all can give y'all own examples of that that I'm not even going to get into right now because we're almost out of time. When you thought you had control over something, but you really didn't, it's because you allowed that yoke, you, you allowed yourself to continue to entangle yourself in that yoke and thought you was running something, but you really weren't. And you ended up being affected and somebody else ended up being affected because of that. That's why you can't play around with yokes. You play around with fire, you end up getting burned. Just cut it out. Just remove it. Just get rid of it. Amen. So let's do some declarations, man. I believe if we make these declarations right now, I want y'all, everybody that's still with me, everybody that's still with me, I want us to make some declarations real quick because I believe this is how we need to end this series on freedom. Because um, I believe this stuff can happen in your life. Absolutely believe this stuff can happen in your life. I declare over your life that you will never be bound another day in your life. I want you guys to say out of your mouth or type, I will never be bound another day in my life. I'm making this declaration over all of you that's listening live and everybody that's listening on the replay. I declare over your life that you will never be bound another day in your life. Why is this important? Because when you make declarations, you then start the process of renewing your mind. You start changing your thinking. And when you are constantly reminded that you will never be bound another day in your life, when a yoke tries to show up, when something tries to control you, you will immediately recognize it and, and shun it out of your life. No, you, you know, you're trying to put bondage on me. I'm going to walk in freedom. I need y'all to type or say out of your mouth or out of your mouth, I will never be bound another day in my life. I will never be bound another day in my life. And it's so important that you realize that it's so important that you say that it's so important that you either type it or say it, because when you begin to say that over and over and over again, the enemy begins to retreat. When you start confessing what the word of God says, the enemy starts his retreat because he understands that when you start saying stuff out of your mouth, you start gaining concept. You start gaining understanding. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom on situations and circumstances that won't keep you bound anymore. And the enemy is the one that wants to keep you bound. He's the one that wants to have control over your life. And when you start speaking to him rather than allowing him to just speak to you, you start taking control and he starts relinquishing the control. He starts relinquishing the control because he is not supposed to have control in the first place. I will never be bound another day in my life. Another declaration. I declare over your life that every shackle the enemy has tried to use against you is broken and you are now free. I need you to type every shackle, every evil shackle is broken and I am free. Glory to God. I need you to type that every evil shackle is broken and I am free. Every evil shackle is broken and I am free. I declare that every shackle that the enemy has tried to use against you and will continue to try to use against you is broken before it even shows up on the scene and you are free. Why is it important to say that I don't want to, that, that I'm not going to be shackled anymore and every shackle is broken because that looses the hold that the enemy tries to have on you. What are, what, what are the shackles that he tries to put on me? All the yokes, 
That's what the shackle is. The shackle is the wooden cross piece that tries to have control over your life. When somebody is shackled, they're under the control of somebody else or they're submitted or they have to they have to listen to somebody else. Listen, when somebody goes to jail, they have to listen and they're under when, when somebody has uh, handcuffs and when somebody has chains on them, they're, they're bound to where somebody is taking them. But if the but if the shackles are broken and if the handcuffs are broken, they can now be free to go and do whatever they were previously doing. I want us to be free to do whatever God has called us to do. And that comes with every evil shackle being broken off of our life. Every evil shackle is broken and I am free. The yokes of bondage are no longer operative in my life. And lastly, I declare that you will not return to any form of bondage and every plan of the enemy is canceled in your life. <clears throat> this is what I want you to type. I will not allow any yoke to keep its control over me. Every yoke is canceled. I will not allow any yoke to keep its control over me. Every yoke is canceled. And you making that declaration over your life and you making and you declaring that over your life, it helps you identify the yokes. It helps you identify when the enemy tries to put a yoke on you. Every yoke is canceled. <clears throat> I'm not tying myself up with lying. I'm not tying myself up with getting caught up in anything perverse. I'm not getting myself caught up in any anger. I'm not getting caught up in any uh, bitterness. I'm not, I'm not getting caught up in any of that, any sexual perversion. I'm not getting caught up in any of that. All of those yokes are canceled and they don't have any control over me. Why? Because I cancel them every time they try to come up in my life. I cancel them every time they try to come up in my life. Y'all hear me? So when you type that, that is what <laughs> that is what you're declaring. And that is what you're putting yourself in position to do. Amen. I pray you guys were blessed by this series. If y'all were blessed by this series, give guys some praise. Give God some hearts. Give God some likes. Give God some. Give God some praise. Praise. Give God some hearts. Give God some likes. As we recapped uh, this this series, um, I um, hmm, I really, you know, I was reminded that, um, you know, I, you know, I was just thinking that. Um, how important freedom is. And um, when you, I, I pray, I just pray that you guys have understood how important freedom is and what Jesus went through to give you this freedom. Because uh, when you understand that, you won't take it lightly and you won't take it for granted and you will pursue freedom like never before. And I pray that with this overview and with you going back and li listening to the other messages, if you need that information, if you need that revelation on those things, you will gain more concept. You will you will gain more perspective and revelation for what God is trying to do in your life. And that is to make you completely and totally free in Jesus name. Amen. It's time to give. It's time to give. It is your opportunity to get involved with God's system of prosperity. It is your opportunity to get involved with obeying God. It is your opportunity to set up your financial future. It is your opportunity to just simply ask God and obey God. And I and the reason why I um, I say it like the way I just said it is because I believe this can be a good training ground to obey God. Because if you can hear God in, in, in giving, which a lot of times people just want to tune God out, 
But if you can hear God and give him, you can hear him when he say, go lay hands on that person. When you, If you can hear God and give him, you can hear him say, I need you to go to this school over here because they need, you know, this resource or that resource. You know, uh, I just I just want uh, us to become proficient in hearing and proficient in obeying. And if God is telling you to give, we've made it real easy for you to give. Uh, there are several methods of payment. I mean, well, there are several methods of, of for way for you to give. After you ask God, you can give via cash app, Tidally, Givelify, or text give to the number on your screen. You can give with a credit card. You can give with an ACH. You can give with your bank account. You can give with a debit card. You can give with a check. You can give however you want to give, man. The ways are set up for you to just obey God. You, If you want to send a check, you can send a check if you would like to. It's P.O. Box 1807, Prairie Louisiana. 70769. Um, and so listen, um, God loves y'all, man. God loves y'all. And um, he doesn't want anything controlling your life. As a matter of fact, there's a couple of things that God told me when, when I was uh, praying with him, praying to him about the offering teaching. And there's a couple of things he wanted me to tell y'all. I'm just reminded of that. Remember, you you should have the mindset that your money doesn't control you. You control your money. And what do I mean by that? Your money a lot of times tells you what you should and shouldn't do. When in reality, you should tell your money what it's going to do. Because if your money can tell you what you're going to do, in a sense, you now can make that money your God. Because, because not, nothing should be God in our lives except God himself, because a lack of money has never stopped God from doing the things that he wants to do. If God wants to do something, he'll provide for that thing to get done. All we have to do is submit ourselves to that. And so if he's telling us to do something, obviously we have the means to do it. So we should just obey him in that. But a lot of times we allow our money to tell us what we should do rather than allow God to tell us what we should do. And, And when we do that, we allow our money to control us. And God, remember, God, only thing that should be controlling our life is God when we submit to him. Our money shouldn't control us. Our en- the enemy shouldn't control us because that's what he wants to do. He wants control. So don't allow your money to control you. Freedom says, I have more than enough to do everything that I'm called to do. And lastly, I can obey God freely because my resor- because my resources are kingdom resources. I don't just have resources for myself. God God gives me resources so that I can be a blessing to his kingdom wherever he wants me to be a blessing to. And our collective giving allows this ministry to do awesome, awesome, awesome things for people all the time. Our collective giving allows this ministry to do things for people all the time. And it's because of your faithful giving and your faithful obedience we're able to be anonymous in giving. We're able to just do what God tells us to do without hesitation. And that's the beautiful thing. That's the beautiful thing. Being able to go and do what God says without hesitation. That's the way it should be. Just like when he asks you to give $5, $10, a million dollars, a thousand dollars, whatever it is, you should do it without hesitation because you know in obedience to doing what he's telling you to do, you're setting yourself up to receive everything that his kingdom has to offer you. Amen. Whether that's finances, whether that's uh, forgiving somebody, whatever it is. But right now we're just talking about giving. Amen. So obey God. Do what God tells y'all to do. Thank y'all so much in advance for doing what God tells y'all to do. Again, it's because of what you guys do 
We're able to do everything that we're able to do. So we love y'all for it. We thank y'all for it. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. Share this message with somebody, man. Share it with somebody that you think it could be a blessing to. Uh, and if you have any particular message in this series that you think can be a blessing to somebody, give them that message because I'm telling you, it's the word of God that will absolutely change somebody's life. It is the incorruptible seed and it is the thing that will bring forth fruit in somebody's life. In Jesus' name, amen. I love y'all. See y'all next week. Peace. We out. <laughs> if you would like to connect with our ministry, please email us at bjpiggyministries at gmail.com. Or follow us at BJ Piggy Ministries on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or YouTube. This podcast is made possible by the support of friends and partners like you. If you'd like to show your financial support, you may do so via Cash App, Tithely.com, or GiveLify.com by searching for BJ Piggy Ministries. Thank you. Hey, I tread on serpents and scorpions on a daily.